Okay, so this is my first podcast that I'm doing. So in this podcast, I'm meeting with Erin, who's a friend of mine from working at summer camp. And things that I know already going into this, I know she works in the production side of theatre in Los Angeles. I don't really understand what that involves or know much about it. So it's just going to be a conversation where I find out a bit about how you get into that kind of work and what doing that job actually entails. Um, so I hope you enjoy uh, and we'll get started straight away. Welcome to So What Do You Do All Day? Um, uh, would you like to introduce yourself and your, what your job is? Sure. Um, I'm Erin. I'm Sam's friend from camp. I uh, spend my days as a production manager in the regional theater industry. Okay, and so for people who have no idea what those words actually mean, what, what is that? Yeah, most people have no idea what that means. Um, it's a, uh, so essentially anytime you go to see a live theater, Broadway, the West End, any kind of national tour production of a show, um, there is a person whose job it is to make sure that the actual development of the show um, and any physical attributes on stage, so the costumes, the lighting, the sound, the set, any automation, if it rains on stage, any of that fun stuff, um, make sure that that all happens in uh, on time and in budget. Um, and we're also the people that deal with all of the, the labor to make sure that that happens, so all the the physical part, but also the, the labor to make those things happen and get them installed and running smoothly um, for the entire show. So if I understand that correctly, so you don't deal with so much kind of like the acting side of it, it's the kind of the people who are making it all happen. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So I interface with the actors very minimally. Um, most of what I do, a lot, most of my work happens before the show even opens. It's a lot of the pre-production and putting everything in the building and getting it looking the way it's supposed to so that when the actors show up, they have a thing to act on and uh, interact with. Uh, and the people that I manage are every essentially everybody that's not an actor uh, is under my purview. Okay. Um, so I guess like in my head, when I think of kind of like stage shows and stuff like because uh, I, I guess I would be more familiar with the acting side of it. Like in my head, it sounds like really kind of like unstable kind of work as in like sometimes you're in a show because you got cast and sometimes you didn't. But I imagine your work is more like you stay at the same place and do the kind of the same thing all the time. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so there's there's different ways you can do it. So there are production managers that are freelance and they move from space to space and show to show. Um, that is more like acting where you you have to get hired for that show. Um, but my particular job is I was hired by, I work at Center Theater Group in Los Angeles, and I work at that company. Um, so anytime that that company does a show, um, which we have three theaters, so we're constantly doing shows except for during pandemics, um, I am... I am on a show. So I'm like a salaried position who works for the company and that is what I happen to do. So for me, it's much more stable with the, the position that I chose. Okay. Um, so obviously you're at the point now where you're managing most of the people who are involved. Like what did you kind of start off as once you actually got into the industry? Yeah, so it was a fast and terrifying uh, transition into production management. Um, I started in theater as a, a wee tiny person. 
as many do, doing singing and dancing and all that fun stuff and loved it and still do. Um, But I did robotics in high school. Um, And so when I went to undergrad, it was like I wanted to go to a place that I could do engineering and also do performing. And through that, I eventually realized that technical theater existed and had all of the pieces um, that I'm actually interested in in making the things to make theater versus to be the person that's the actual storyteller, more of the story maker um, part of that. So I transitioned to technical theater. Uh, I was a carpenter and a welder um, for a long while, doing shows, uh, doing work both at the undergraduate level and at the regional theater level. Um, I eventually got into more and more leadership positions, specifically at my undergrad, because it was a great acting program that did a lot of theater shows, but did not have a lot of tech theater students. So if you became a tech theater student, you did almost every show. Um, So by my senior year, I was scenic scenic designing a giant production, um, main stage production, and I was technical directing um, and essentially production managing as well, a circus production. Um, since we had a circus program at my undergrad, um, and it was it was a wild time, and I realized through those experiences that I was sick of people, I was sick of losing money and time on a show because people couldn't talk to each other properly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've I've sat in meetings where the designer and the director are arguing, but they're saying essentially the same thing and don't realize it. Um, and where I've sat in meetings where the director and the designer agree on things when they're actually saying completely different thoughts, um, which doesn't help anyone um, in the long run. Yeah, so I, don't think, I, I think that's a fairly universal thing. I think you come across that in pretty much any job you're in, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, and so I eventually figured out that production managers are the ones who help facilitate those conversations and manage the budget, manage the people to, to make the thing happen. So I, um, I went to grad school and I went in the program I was doing. I spent half my time doing carpentry and welding, a lot of welding that year, um, for uh, the Yale Repertory Theater in New Haven, Connecticut. And um, then the rest of my time I spent taking graduate level classes at the Yale School of Drama. It's a phenomenal program. Um, and I essentially just took a bunch of classes in production management and technical direction. They can go hand in hand quite easily. Um, So technical directors are the people who, when the scenic designer says, it looks like this, the the technical director is the one that that looks at it and says, okay, and this is how we build it. Um, And so I, when I finished my grad program, I went off to uh, Walt Disney Imagineering uh, and worked in their live entertainment division. And that, that group, Disney Parks Live Entertainment, does anytime there's a parade, anytime there's like Mickey and the Magical Map, or there's Frozen at the Hyperion Theater, or, um, you know, the newsboys run down the street. Um, all of that is handled by the live entertainment division, any character you see walking around. So it's really the life of, of the parks. It's the immersion, the immersion of people to interact with. So what I did there was... Um, a lot of technical direction on I was a technical direction intern for them um, and I did a lot of estimating of projects uh, that are happening and being built by Imagineering. So just to rewind slightly there 
So with yeah. that, that job being like an Imagineer at Disney, is that something you would have had to have gone through kind of like um, grad school and stuff to get into? Like, is it is that kind of the gateway into that or are, or there are other ways of doing that? There's definitely other ways um, of going about it. I think my graduate program was not a master's and it was absolutely right for me. And there are people who get a master's degree that is absolutely right for them. And there are people who don't go to grad school and that's absolutely right for them too. You know, there's no one way, especially with such a creative industry, to to get into what you're doing. Um, I will say the type of internship I did you had to be coming out. You either needed to be currently in school or just out of school. So I, I did the, the summer after and the six months after I had graduated. So that you need some type of academic institution to be able to get that internship. Um, but um, and that level was a they have different levels of internships at Disney and the one I did was a professional it was called a professional internship um, and that was very much geared towards people um, in a graduate level program or you know involved some way that they're also like very connected to the industry separate from just being a college student um, so you don't have to but you have to have some type of academic institution and okay. you got to be really really focused on what you're doing Okay. Um, so I guess, okay, so, I, you know, someone wants to access this kind of thing, they're going to have to, at the very least, have gone through uh, college, even if they haven't gone to master's, kind of. Okay. Yeah. Um, and while you're there, picking up kind of experiences with all, like, the theatre and stuff, um, so you were saying you were doing lots of welding and things. Um, mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so when you joined, like, your the, current, the company you're at now, um what did did you join in your current job or did you have you kind of moved up in that since you got there um so i joined at my current position okay um yeah so i started with my company in december of 2018 um and have it's it's the type of deal where there's um the the job that i'm at i've gotten more and more responsibilities and larger projects and that's to transition to a next level um and i was in talks for that when the pandemic hit <laughs> so um yes yeah, so I, I did start where uh i am where i did where i started um but i have gotten a lot more bigger projects and um there's a lot of different opportunities that you can really latch on to okay um, so I guess kind of moving into actually what that's like doing kind of day to day. So you get to work. What do you do? Um, so understandably so. It's it's different depending on what phase of the production process I'm in as well as what theater I'm at. So the, the company I work for is part of the League of Regional Theaters, um, which is this overarching organization that helps with uh, union contract, like collective bargaining agreements and all that fun stuff. Um, union contracts can be fun, I promise, reading contracts. Um, and uh, so we have three. We have a Alort League of Regional Theater, uh, A, which is about 750 seats, and Alort D, which is smaller, that's 350. And then we have one that's like an A+, plus, which means it's more of like a Broadway house and a touring house. So it's a little, it's very... There are a lot of little things going on, um, a lot of details. Uh, so if I, a normal pre-production kind of day is I go into my office, I roll in, usually my first meeting's at 10, sometimes it's not, 
Um, so so I'll usually, <laughs> I know, <laughs> we're very spoiled. Um, it's, I, I will say the theater industry, my company especially, um, as far as like work-life balance goes, um, is my company is really great about it and the industry is not. <laughs> um, okay. My boss is very chill about us coming in a little later if you don't have a meeting. And as long as all the work gets done, that's what matters because there are weeks when you're in tech and you're spending 80 hours a week in the theater, like making sure it's all working. So if on the weeks when you don't have to be physically in the theater and it's just office and meetings and prep work, and if you can get that done faster or at different times, like do what you got to do. But um, you, so from the way you said that, that sounds like that's unusual. That's a little unusual from from a lot of companies where there are a lot of places where they're like, if you're in pre-production, it's nine to five and you are in the office. And then if you're in production, it is like, this is your tech schedule and you're doing, you know, 14 hour days and sometimes 18 hour days, depending on what's going on. And it's just lots of hours without any any kind of consideration. It's definitely changing the landscape of theater and, and the, the work from home balance is changing, which is great and very much needed. Um, but I will say I'm very fortunate that my company seems to have been at the, the front the front end of making those changes. Okay, so I just, uh, I was gonna ask this later, but since you kind of brought it up, I might as well talk about it now. So yeah. um, obviously technology is changing quite a lot of things at the moment. So like, how is it actually changing what your job is like? Yeah, so it's um, the live entertainment industry, as we are in a position where large crowds cannot gather, um, the industry itself is kind of dissolving around us. It will come back, um, but the funds needed to keep like people employed and keep these rental, like the, the rent for the venues and all of that together. Um, there's so many different facets to making a show than just actors and costumes and lights. And, um, you know, there are dry cleaners that we send all of our, all of our costumes to, and that's at, like the very base and there are caterers, their major caterers we use for opening night parties and all of the, the restaurants that thrive off of a theater in a theater being open nearby, you know, are all suffering very deeply. Um, so it's going to come back. And it's, it will take a long time, but, you know, we're fighting through it. Um, I think the good thing about what's happening is we've realized what work can be done from home. Okay. Um, and we can accommodate, you know, those needs. So people who have kids, people who have chronic illnesses, who, um, you know, can get the work done, but maybe can do it from home and not from dragging their butt to the office. Um, I think we're going to come back with a lot more leniency towards what's actually needed to be done in person, which is going to be good in the long term, especially for theater when you do have those weeks where it's just super long weeks of many, many hours in tech and you can balance that off with weeks where you don't necessarily need to even come in. Okay. Um, so I guess kind of taking that on. So if people can kind of work from home, is is quite a lot of your job, like you just kind of on your own working through stuff or is most of it kind of working with other people? Like how does that balance out? Yeah, so a lot of my work is very much team-based. Um, there are pieces like preliminary budgeting where I'm going to make the budget for the show of what I think all of these things will cost um, based on the individual work of each team. Each like costumes will send me stuff and lighting and, and sound and set will all send me stuff and I will figure out how much I think the show is gonna cost us to do and how long we need to do it. Um, 
and then we'll all get together and talk about it as a whole group of like, okay, but do we really need this piece? And oh, we do, props really need that fancy couch. So set is gonna give them some of their money because they don't need to spend as much on paint as maybe we originally thought. So it's a lot of conversation and balance um, and negotiating between teams. Um, and at, you know, at the end of the day, it's usually me being like, so I need everybody to cut 10% of their budget uh, <laughs> to, to make this work. It's uh, so it's definitely that and a balance with marketing and and ticketing who's dealing with our revenue. Um, so it's just it's a massive, massive. Um, so do you sometimes we, feel like you're viewed as the Scrooge of your company who's like demanding <laughs> people do everything for less money? Um, no, I can usually blame the producer. <laughs> sometimes they'll be like, just really need this to be a little bit less they're like do we need that fancy of fabric what if we didn't make the entire floor out of carpet what if we just painted some of it um so uh i actually recently had a show where the entire floor needed to be carpet that matched the theater's carpet um so that had me they wanted to look like a conference room and the theater was just a conference room right so we we built these walls that matched the walls of the the theater, the house of the theater and um, carpet that needed to match the carpet of the, the theater, which was when it was renovated was an, like an Italian design carpet that was shipped in from London. Um, so I was running around at the end of day, at the end of the day, uh, a few times trying to like make wire transfers happen between like international companies to get like $46,000 worth of carpet and have it like airship to me to put into our theater I, I, okay so i've only ever bought like carpet for like a room and it, actually no i haven't done that <laughs> I, i'm aware of other people who have done that and i'm just like how much carpet are you getting for forty six thousand dollars upwards of 200 square feet no i'm sorry much more than that that's, much that's, much more than that that's very expensive carpet wow it, no it all it was also very expensive carpet yeah um Maybe like, maybe I mean 2,000 square feet. I'm trying to remember how many square feet, but very large amount of carpet, okay. um, which has, since it matches the theater, we just rolled it up and put it into storage in case something happens to the theater carpet. <laughs> like, but yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. It's, um, since the theater I work at is very much at a Broadway level, yeah, the budgets are crazy. Um, it's not, you know, there are community theaters who do amazing work, who work on essentially donations and what they get from ticket sales. And those are really amazing performances because you can see how much effort and time was put into building it and making it happen, even if it's not the most high tech. Yes. And then you go to a Broadway house like the one that I work at and it's uh, and it is all high tech and it is all sometimes you throw money at the problem and sometimes you throw time at the problem and sometimes you just cut the problem from the show. Okay. So there's there's very there's a huge different scale of theater in every city, um, and I'm fortunate enough to have to have made my way up to essentially what the top is, um, for for Los Angeles. Okay, so if I've understood it correctly, you spend most of your day kind of coordinating between different people um, in in various different ways. So is that are you like in meetings quite a lot, or are you just kind of wandering over to someone's office and being like, you need to do this? A little bit of both. 
uh, primarily meetings because also in the production department and in having three different theaters to manage. Um, I'm lucky that there's we have two production managers and two assistant production managers and a director of production. Um, my my immediate office team is about eight people. Um, so between all of us, all eight of us, we handle running three theaters simultaneously. Um, so I'm, I'm never alone, which is great. I always have somebody to bounce ideas off of and thoughts and to get my back and um, help me on the show and whatever needs to happen. Um, and so that's really great. A lot of it is meetings. And we're also trying to, there's general overhead improvement projects. So making sure the safety manual is up to date and getting our team members OSHA certified so that they actually are doing the things safely that we need them to do. People don't think about theater being dangerous, but you know we're welding, we're lifting things into the air, we are we're using massive machinery and forklifts and putting turntables into places where turntables usually don't live. Um, so it's the number one priority is always safety. So then there's the overhead of keeping everybody up to date and trained and focused on what they're doing. Okay, so so since you've mentioned welding several times, like so if. <laughs> If I have like had a career where I've been a welder, but I happen to like theater, like would I be able to get a job at like your company? Is that is it like a full time welding job, or are they just like contracted in? Um, we work with the union, so okay. there's IATSE, which is the International Alliance of uh, Theatrical Stagehands. I think I should know what that is. Um, but yeah, so IATSE is the union we work with, and they have if you're a welder. You're also doing carpentry. It's rare that you're just going to be welding unless you work at a scene shop and that is your job. So you can, if you are a welder and you're great at it, like you can totally get a job doing welding. It's not at my company, but there are companies where you can get a job doing just that for entertainment. No problem. You'll probably make more money, honestly. Like TV and film, a lot of the like places have to build for TV and film. Um, so there are scene shops all across Los Angeles. We actually work with one in Calgary, Canada frequently. Like there are a bunch of just like commercial scene shops that build all the TV and film sets and theater sets and tour sets. Um, so they need all of those amazing people that can do those cool stuff. Okay. So, um, okay. So you, you kind of mentioned most of your time you're basically in, well, a lot of your time you're in meetings. Like how many hours a, a day of, of that are we talking? Hmm uh if i'm in pre-production there there's times where i'm in like five to six hours of meetings a day oh shoot me now oh my god <laughs> i will say our our boss is getting a lot better about it um it's just because there's we're just constantly moving you know it's you gotta be constantly talking to people and figuring it out and so maybe it's okay maybe it's more like four to five but then you get into the theater and you're like sitting at your desk, which is a folding table that's been set up in the seats of the house of the theater. And you're just like on your laptop sending emails while like also keeping an eye on what's happening on the stage. And, you know, people come over and interrupt you and say, hey, I got a question about this thing. Or, hey, this piece actually doesn't fit through the door like we thought it was going to fit through the door. So um, we did a show that had two full size cars that needed to be on stage. Um, and our, that particular theater it was going into is a circle. So it's just a little strange. Um, it's an interesting theater. It's, an, it's a really wild space. 
Um, so then we were figuring out how to fit two full-size cars through our loading dock doors, and they fit by a quarter of an inch. Um, Couldn't use minis. Which... What? Couldn't just use some <laughs> minis or you know, go for a bit smaller? Apparently not. <laughs> Apparently not. So, yeah, so we have these vintage cars that we need to, like, shove through a space, and it just fits. Um, sometimes like, hey, can you look at this and make sure that I'm not going to break it? Be like, I don't, I can't guarantee you're not going to break it, but I can look at it. Or like, this thing is loose and whatever. I need you to, the amount of times it's like, hey, I need you to order more gaff tape or more paint or more, like, we had a show that needed 48 cases of lemon LaCroix. And like, so then I go to props and I say, I need 48 cases of lemon LaCroix and they find it. Oh, so you uh, got a oh, definitely a Shawshank Redemption reference here, but you've got some Reds in your team who can source everything you need. Oh, very much so. Okay. The props team at any theater, they're the true rock stars. They make it all show up where I need it to. Okay. So um, kind of in your job, how much of it is kind of dictated to you by other people being like, you need to do like X, Y, and Z, and how much of it do you kind of decide how it goes depends (laughs) um a lot of it so i'm for the company i'm with primarily center theater group i'm an assistant production manager so i will fully run calls and their projects i will fully run um start to finish and be in charge of and budget and the whole thing our annual gala is my baby and I, you know, from budgeting, I like it is, I am taking full lead and I kind of am like, okay, I'm like, this is how we're doing it and this is how it goes and um, I'm taking point. If it's a show that I'm assisting on, uh, then it's a lot of my production manager being like, hey, can you do this thing? Um, Hey, can you email so-and-so and and get this sent to the theater? Um, And so, or call this person and make sure the check is being sent. So it's, the how I'm doing it is dictated by me. The what I'm doing is primarily dictated by my my superior on the show. Um, so it's a little bit of both okay. um, and depends on the situation. Yes, I, no, I was just thinking because I guess in that kind of industry, I feel like people who are quite creative would be drawn to it. Uh, but then people who are creative don't necessarily like being told I need you to do X, Y and Z. So I was kind of <laughs> intrigued how that worked. Yeah, it's, uh, I fortunately don't need to deal with the super creative people all the time. So, like, I deal with the designers, and I don't, like, but I'm not in charge of the designers. Um, if a decision needs to be made, I get to go to the producer and say, this is too expensive, and then the producer has to go to the designer and say, so if we need to, like, tone this back a little bit, like, what would you cut? Um, so it, it's very much a, we work off of each other and if like they need somebody to be the bad guy, they'll make me do it. And if I need somebody to be, be the bad guy, I'll, I'll make them do it. You know, it's a, it's a balance. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, I guess, okay. So in your career, like what would be the next step for you? Oh, geez. Um, so based on the company I'm already at, the ideal, um, would be to get either an equal position, like either a lateral move so that I'm at the same position or just one step up position at the level company I'm at. Um, The struggle is that I'm I'm 25 um, 
and I'm already at essentially one of, I'm at one of the top regional theaters in the country. So if I want to move location, I need the same position at like a Lincoln center or a, um, like the national, um, like for reference for London, um, like the national or for here, like Lincoln center or like a major, major company. Um, so a similar position or to get promoted within my own company or to get, which would be ideal, um, but, or to be promoted, but at a lower level theater. So it kind of depends which way I want to go. I can also jump ship from theater and go back to working at commercial at Disney or um, an entertainment group like that. So, or I can go try and get a job at a, a Broadway house. Should I, a Broadway, Broadway company, production management company so many options okay um so i guess uh, uh, a question i would have is kind of how so out of like the people you were you at university with who are kind of doing the same kind of program and stuff is it quite competitive to kind of get into like the actual job market once you leave college or um yes so I would say it's it's easier than being an actor, you know, like I didn't move to New York and do the audition thing. And that is not something I've ever had any desire to do there. I've got a lot, I have a lot of respect for the people who want to audition and like work it out because that competition level is crazy. Um, the people that I was at grad school with, um, because of fortunately the, the connections and the intense level of work that we go through at the Yale School of Drama. Um, most of us, if not all of us, can pretty pretty easily find a job okay. um, doing what we want to do, just not necessarily, you know, and then it depends what's open in the level we want to do it. Um, I would say the particular program I was in was the Technical Internship Certificate at Yale, which is a one-year program um, where I did carpentry and welding, and then I took classes. Um, the people who came out of that um, generally go on to be props artisans or scenic painters or carpenters or, you know, more specific, just highly skilled in those areas versus I went onto a management track. Yeah. It is it is a little abnormal for me to have the position I have without more experience in the industry or a master's degree. Okay. Um, so it's definitely competitive. Um, I'm really fortunate to have the job that I do, especially for my age and experience. Okay. You fr you froze for a second. Yeah, same. So I'm not same sure. as I said. As okay. Well. <laughs> okay. Um, I so, don't know what you heard last, but because okay, so I guess because I don't really know anything about this. So, so like you were uh, at Yale doing this, like, are there lots of places that have these kind of programs? Or is it kind of like a, a quite a niche thing that you can get into? Yeah, so there are a lot of places that have masters of fine arts in theater in technical theater. Um, just like anything else, some are better than others, some have more specific things than others. Um, so some have specific programs in that you will get your master's of fine arts in production management or technical direction versus just like general. Right. So, um, but as far as this like one year type program, um, 
it's similar to an apprenticeship, but you also take classes. So this is, Yale is actually the only place that I know that has this type of a program. Um, I had no desire to go to grad school whatsoever. Um, I was going to be a carpenter at a theater in New Jersey. And then one of my undergrad professors said, no, I think you should go to Yale and you should do this one year program thing. And I figured I'll apply the applications due in a week. I could say I applied to Yale. Um, and then I got an interview and then I got in and I was kind of like, I think I have to go now. Uh, <laughs> it sounds insane, but that is, that is how that happened. I like sneezed and I was like at Yale. Um, okay. So it's not one of those things that you have to show up and be like, I've wanted to come here ever since I was a fetus. Uh, like, you know, like, uh, cause right. you, you now, know, the people who want to be doctors have been like, you know, ever since I was a kid, I wanted to help people and I wanted to go to Harvard medical school or, you know, wherever it is, it's not so much <laughs> like that. Uh, hit or miss. Um, you know, some of my classmates were in their forties and had spent 20 years as a roadie. Um, and then there was me right out of undergrad being like, I kind of accidentally ended up here, but let's go. Um, a friend of mine, his father had gone to the Yale School of Drama, so he knew about it from like the time he was born. It was like this is the thing that like this is this is it. Um, so there there's a mix of people. Okay, so I, that kind of leads into a question in that. So what is the kind of age range like in your job? Is it like skewed towards like younger people, or is it genuinely like kind of a mixture of just about everything? Um, in the industry overall, it's definitely a mixture. Um, there's, you know, people right out of undergrad. There's people who didn't go to school at all that went from high school and they became carpenters or got trade skills and they're doing the thing. I would say some of our, our most of our strongest um, tradies are, have been right out of, have been doing it for years and didn't need to go to undergrad because they're just, they're great at what they do and they love it. So um, definitely a mix. Um for my particular company, um, I might be the youngest one at the company. Okay. At 25, I started there when I was 23. Um, at 23, I absolutely was the youngest at, in my department, potentially also the company, and I, other than interns, but for full-time staff. Um, and I believe I may still be. So, and that's kind of just the, the level of the company that I'm at is a lot of um is usually people who have been in the industry for a while and then ended up there um but i have no idea okay. how i ended up where i am okay so you kind of mentioned that like quite a lot of the people you work with didn't go through the college system and stuff is that a significant amount of the kind of your side of the industry or is it more common that people have kind of been through college and then come into it or like working in the office production, being a production manager, a technical director, props director, any of those folks have pretty much all gone to college. Um, the people that have not have pretty much all gone to college, um, I'd say it's maybe 50-50 about whether they attended grad school or not. Um, again, there's no need to go to grad school unless you want to. And if you want to, great. And if you don't, that's also fine. Um, there's definitely this, there's, there are a lot of people who feel like, no, you must get an MFA to do this. And it's like, that's very untrue. Um, you can do it without having whatever level of co like degree you feel that you, that somebody else tells you you need, you don't. 
Um, there are people who I would say are like our staff carpenters and our overhire carpenters and props designers and props artisans um, and stitchers and tailors um, and electricians, you know, that has definitely a wide range of people who went to college or didn't go to college. Um, it, those more trade skills are definitely not something you need. If you have a degree, great. But if you don't, also great. Um, it's more like, can you hang and focus this light and plug it in and patch it? Great. That's all I need you to do. And if you can do it well and fast, like even better. Okay. So. Um, okay. Uh, so I guess sort of thinking on one of the the themes I'm trying to get at with the podcast is like, I know, imagine you're like 17, you're 18, you're about to leave school, you decide I would like to get into technical theatre. What should they be thinking about doing now uh, that they probably aren't? Okay. Um, hmm. I think the biggest thing is just get like do as many shows as you can and just work on as many different things so like say you're like I really want to be a carpenter that's awesome go take a costuming class if you really want to be a scenic designer great go take a class in elect like in lighting you know I the the main role of production management is that we can communicate well and work and um be a liaison between the different departments and that it's only easier when everybody knows what's going on. So I feel like at the end of the day, we're all making one show. So if you can, are a carpenter who can pick up a wrench and like hang a light, that is great. Then you can like work with people better and understand what they're going through. Um, so I think just keeping your options open as to what you want to do and to what you can do and just getting as much experience across the different things as you can. Um, Another thing I will say is that a lot of people are going to tell you you need to go to summer stock. You will if you know, that you need to go work at a summer stock. What do does that theater. mean? Sorry, I don't know what that jargon is. Yeah, totally, totally good. Sorry. Um, there are a lot of places in the U.S. I assume also on your side of the pod that uh, where they do like summer theater. They do a bunch of shows really fast um, during the summer. Um, there are a lot of great programs where you, and you learn a lot from them. Um, I personally never did summer theater. I never did summer stock. Um, so I can't speak to that experience, but, um, I think the fact that I've made it to where I am in my career without having doing summer stock, it's a great experience. And if you can do it great, but also they're usually paid very poorly and they expect a lot of hours from you. And I personally worked every summer through undergrad as a waitress at the country club and like just made tips to pay for school, you know? Um, so I was never in a position to go and do summer stock and I turned out fine. So like if you can do summer stock, great. If you can't, it's not the end of the world. And like, don't tell, don't let somebody tell you that you have to do something one way to get into this industry. Okay. Yeah. So I guess the kind of the big takeaway I'm getting from that is basically get as much as ex different experience as you can but be realistic like you can't necessarily like do everything kind of yeah okay um okay so uh, i guess the one final thing i would ask is like what is something uh people should probably know about your job that mm -hmm. they just don't because they've got no idea what you do 
Um, <laughs> that is a very good question. Um, yeah, no one really knows what I do, which is fair. Um, I would say to understand that what you see on stage has so many more people behind it than you see on the stage. So for everybody who just watched Hamilton on Disney Plus, um, all of those actors are very important and are really talented. But there are hundreds of stagehands, of carpenters, of general managers, of marketing people, whatever, who of production managers who also went into making that happen. Um, and they are just as valuable to the process. Okay, so that brings us to an end for this podcast. Um, I hope you enjoyed that conversation and found a little bit more about what it's like being a production manager. Um, if you want to find the next episodes in the series, um, I'm slowly in the process of adding to various uh, platforms. So we're already on Spotify, on um, Stitcher, uh, and when Apple stops rejecting it, it will be on Apple Podcasts as well. Uh, but I hope you enjoyed and please do check out the future episodes if you want to find out about other jobs. <laughs>